Are you feeling out of your depth attempting to parent your child's online world? Parenting in Cyberspace is brought to you by Parentline and the Queensland Government. This season talks about supporting young people's online well-being and experiences with cyberbullying. So, yep, having those conversations nice and early and being ready to be open to conversations if your child comes to you. Today on the Parenting in Cyberspace podcast, I'm joined by Beck Nguyen and Karen Ford from the Beacon App Project at the Telethon Kids Institute. Beck is a digital projects manager at Telethon Kids and in that role oversees the Beacon App Project, as well as a number of other digital projects. She has been involved in digital health project management and research for several years and was recently awarded the Women in Tech Western Australia Plus 20 Award, acknowledging the top 20 women in technology. Beck's passion for translating research into digital tools that are accessible by the wider community is supported by her extensive experience with app design, design thinking, and community engagement. Karen is the project coordinator for the Beacon app and a number of other digital projects at Telethon Kids. Her background and experience in health promotion and health communication science, as well as her intimate understanding of the challenges that families can face online as a mum of two boys, drives her commitment to connecting families to tools that empower them in the choices that they make. Beck and Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Ali. Thank you for having us. We're really excited uh, to be provided with the opportunity to talk to you about something that we're very passionate about. Thanks, Alia. It's lovely to be joining you. For anyone who isn't familiar with the Telethon Kids Institute or the Beacon Cyber Safety app, can you tell me a little bit about the app and how it came about? For those who aren't familiar with Telethon Kids Institute, we are one of Australia's largest research institutes with over a thousand researchers and staff. Our mission is basically to improve the health, development and lives of children and young people through excellence in research. And the Institute's vision is happy, healthy kids. So that really aligns with the work that we do. Karen and myself work in, in a team called the Health Promotion and Education Research Program, which is led by Professor Donna Cross. And within our team, we bring over about 20 to 30 years of uh, research in social and emotional well-being of children, which also includes bullying and research into uh, online harms. So over those years, we're hearing the same things from parents and young people um, consistently, but specific with parents and carers is especially when it comes to navigating the online environment and digital technologies with their children, we're hearing that, you know, they're so overwhelmed with the amount of information that's out there, trying to keep up with the latest technology and apps and things like that, uh, just not knowing where to get credible information and who to talk to for help in this space. So we really, we knew that we needed a, a one-stop shop place where parents can access credible and trusted information about strategies and tips uh, for navigating the online space and um, being able to access this at their fingertips. And so we're really lucky that at the same time that Bank West, one of the larger banks here in Western Australia, they also found the need to want to keep families in WA safe from, from online harms and things such as cyberbullying. So we were very fortunate enough to bring about this partnership and Bank West uh, to work together with them to develop Beacon, which is 
a free to download cyber safety educational app that has uh, over about 600 different evidence-based articles and videos uh, about practically anything about the online world. Evidence-based just meaning that the information we provide has been tried and tested so parents can be really confident that the tips and strategies that they're reading about has worked with other families. We will leave a link in the show notes for anyone who would like to download the app. In terms of the app itself, so when anyone downloads the app, what will they see when they open it up? How do they navigate through the app and the articles that you mentioned? So within the Beacon app, there are four areas uh, that you can navigate. The first one is a search function where you can literally just search for keywords or phrases. So a lot of parents have told us that they don't know what they don't know. So how do we search for something if we don't know exists? So Mm -hmm. we uh, felt that we had to build uh, a search engine that allowed parents to just ask those broad questions. So what games are safe for my 10-year-old, for example? And that will bring up the search field. We've also created Beacon in a way where it's tailored towards the family's needs. So I thought it was really, we thought it was really important that uh, we were able to tailor it based on, say, the children's ages and the devices that are used in the home. As we know that you could be on an Android or on an Apple, you could have an Xbox or a Nintendo Switch, smart TVs, a whole range of different technologies. So families can actually input the age of the children, the types of devices that they use, and they can actually narrow it down to specific topics that they're interested in. So once you actually tailor Beacon uh, in that way, every time you open up the Beacon app, the Beacon app will actually push forward different articles and videos that are tailored for your family based on those needs. And in addition to that, we have a really thorough support section of the app. And what's really special about it is it has direct links. We worked with the eSafety office and it has direct links to the eSafety office reporting system. We can connect those reporting facilities to families and, and young people who might need to use them. In addition to those reporting steps, we have links to very important helplines like Parents Helpline and Kids Helpline and other support networks that that parents and young people and children might need to access in the instance of finding themselves in a position of experiencing online harms or bullying, anything else that they may need support with. One of the features that you mentioned there that I want to talk about in a little bit more detail is the family group agreement section of the app. So for anyone who's never heard of a family group agreement, what exactly is it? The family agreement is really a way in which families can come together and communicate and make some boundaries and guidelines about the way in which is acceptable and appropriate to use technology and and media within the home and outside of the home as well. So really helping to build some strong, healthy habits for how to present yourself and, and handle yourself online. So as far as we know, Beacon is the only app that actually has this interactive function that you can create an agreement from scratch. You can tailor it to the needs of your family you actually can go through and create uh, specific boundaries with individual children within the family and it populates within the app. You can export it to a PDF and pop it on the fridge so it's always front of mind for everyone and it really provides that safe space in which to be really clear with your communication about what's acceptable. During the process of developing the family agreement, We were working with uh, quite a few families just to make sure that we're kind of getting it right 
And it was really great. So the, the families that we tested it with, when we ended up asking the children what they thought about being part of this agreement, they basically said, oh, look, you know, this is all great. It's all the stuff that I have to, I have to follow. These are the things that mum and dad are saying I have to do. But what about mum and dad? Like, what are the rules around them? And so we <laughs> thought it was, it was just this light bulb moment going, oh, my God, you know, the kids are actually feeling really empowered that it is a family agreement. It's not a, a children, a, a child agreement. It's actually the family agreement. And because of it, a lot of, uh, if you're looking through the app, we actually have um, quite a few suggestions to put in there. So you, you can put the name. So, you know, Beck will agree that, you know, um, she can't use devices after 6 p.m. Beck will agree mm-hmm. that no devices in the bedroom, for, exa- for example. But it was very much, you know, based about uh, around, you know, the child. And so through the testing with the families and through children telling us that, we've now created a an add-your-own section. So we found that kids have been felt really empowered to, to really make this family agreement, and this add-your-own section allows them to create rules for parents to be part of the agreement as well. That's so great that it has really encouraged children to become part of the decision-making process within families when it comes to what online well-being looks like in different households. And like you say, really empowers them to feel like they're part of the process and part of the conversation. And I think one of the things that really stuck out to me there was the idea that there are different rules for different children depending on what their age is. How does it work? So say, for example, the general rule of thumb is that most social media platforms won't allow people under 13 to have accounts. So once a child turns 13, the agreement may need to look a little bit different. How does the review process of the agreement work? That's right, Alia. It's really great in that you can have it for different children. And I have got a huge age gap between my two. So I have an 8 and a 15-year-old. So what I set up for my 8-year-old is really different to the expectations and agreements that I have with my 15-year-old. And Beacon actually allows you to go in and adjust those agreements as as your child is getting older and also sends out little notifications and reminders as well, you know, alerting you to different age groups that are coming up. And as you mentioned, social media platforms do have the minimum standard of, you know, 13 or whatever the individual platform offers. But in saying that, some children, although they are chronologically meeting that age, they may not have the maturity yet to take that on. Likewise, other parents might feel that their 12-year-old is mature enough. So I think something really special about Beacon is before you go into having these family agreement conversations, there's a section within the app that really helps to empower parents to know how to have these conversations and give some really concrete tips about how to approach your 15-year-old is going to be very different to how you approach your 8-year-old. And another thing that Mm. I always get asked is, how did you get your 15-year-old on board to have an agreement if you haven't had one already? Mm. It's a really common thing because some parents feel it's too late. They're 15, the horse has bolted, it's too late, and it's never too late. It's That's one thing that we really want to be clear is never too early to start having these conversations and it's never too late to start having these conversations. And the family agreement is definitely one way that we can help facilitate that. 
Mm. And I get the same thing. Every, every time we sort of have presentations and things like that, we often get parents saying, no, there's, you know, there's no way they're going to they're gonna do this agreement. And, you know, I sort of tell them, even between myself and my partner, we have really informal agreements about technology. You, you know, the minute we're watching Netflix, mobile's away. I mean, that's just mm. a really informal agreement, but it could be just something as simple as that. So maybe you might not want to use the actual step-by-step things within Beacon, but it's still really important that potentially parents can actually use the family agreement section in Beacon to just be a catalyst to know what are the things that you should be talking to your to child about. And maybe they don't want to actually sign their finger on the Beacon app, but there's no reason mm. why you couldn't potentially still have that uh, informal um, discussion with them saying, all right, well, what are some rules that we can keep? Because mum and dad aren't using devices. You know, when we watch Netflix, what is it that we can do uh, with you? And then just to remind them that that's what they agreed on. I was going to ask, when do you think the best time to create a family group agreement is? But I think that's answered it. There really is no best time. It's kind of just when you find out that this is something that you can do and if it suits your family to formalise that process. Something that I'd love to unpack a little bit more with the two of you is around knowing when a child is ready for social media. So we've kind of touched on the general age limits, but when do we actually know that they're ready? Thanks, Alia. That's a really great question. And we know that children develop at different ages and there really isn't a, you know, a one blanket rule for every child. But I think these are the things that you might want to ask your children. And this is an article in the Beacon app. So firstly, just asking them if you think they're ready to deal with negative experiences. And that might include if they know where to go where to go or who to go to for help. So just ask them that, what will happen if this happens? You might want to ask them if they understand the importance of protecting their personal information, things like passwords and not sharing passwords, but also thinking about things like checking into places and tagging people. Do they understand what that means? You know, checking themselves into locations, things such as, you know, photos with school uniform, what that might mean for privacy and just, you know, identifying who they are and where they live. And another question to that is, is do you as a parent, do, do you sort of know about these things as well? So even asking yourself these things is always really important. Do they know and understand how privacy settings for social media or even games work? And this is a really important one for parents to know that for themselves as well. Having the same platform that your child uses, so then you can actually go through and, and understand, does it have parental controls? How does the parental controls affect what they do online? And just know how to set those things. So Uh, you know, if they know how to block and ban people, for example, you can actually guide them through how to do that. And another really important one is, uh, you know, when they get set up on social media or even any games or or any apps, just ask if your child is willing to let you establish those clear rules. So that forms part of the family agreement that we spoke about. So are they willing to allow you to know every single account name and password? So a lot of Young people, as we know, have multiple accounts for Instagram. Many people, many parents don't know that. So checking in to make sure that you know every single account that they've made and their password. Um, is your child um, willing to allow you to friend them? So then, you know, you can see with the sorts of things that they're posting. And is your child willing to allow you to check their accounts regularly and really stick to it? So you might say to them, and you know, you can agree to this in the family agreement, that if I give you Instagram at any given time, at any given day, I'm going to check it and you have to allow me to check it. So just asking them things like that. And I think that will help guide parents to see if their child is ready for social media. 
I guess from my perspective, like when I think back to when my teenager started using social media, it was a really tricky decision and um, definitely conflicted by what I, I work in this area. So I know what I should be doing, but I'm also a parent and I also feel like I want my child to belong and I want my child to enjoy the benefits. I know there's risks, but on the other side of that, there's some really great social enrichment and creative expression that can happen in these spaces. So for all parents listening, I just want to let you know you're not alone. It is a really tricky situation when you have an 11, sometimes even younger. You might have a very mature 11-year-old who's really interested in art and wants to be on a platform to access, you know, that kind of creative outlet. I'm not advocating for an 11-year-old to have a social media account, but, you know, it's, it's a really what's right for one family is completely opposite for another. So I guess with all the best knowledge at play, it really comes down to what is right for your family and what's right for your child and how mature are they? Do you think your child is mature enough to handle this? If we think about it, learning to swim, if you're going to tip your toe into the water, really be next to them the whole way through and guide them through that and be really, really open and have that. I used to always say to to my now teenager, if you're not comfortable with me reading it, you probably shouldn't be writing it. So I want to give you some autonomy and I don't need to be part of every conversation, but keep in your mind, if you wouldn't be happy for me to read that, don't write it. (laughs) Those are such fantastic tips. And I think that message of every family is different and this conversation and these decisions are going to look different for every family is so important. But having these background questions as a bit of a guide is a really great way to initiate these conversations when when our children are asking whether they can have a particular social media platform. Absolutely. And the other thing that the other thing that I'd like to add is it's actually as your child gets older and you've gone through that, you know, tricky phase of introduce, you know, working out when the right time to introduce them is, I'm a regular feature on my teenagers' social media accounts. Like, um, you can engage with them and, you know, it's actually a really fun way and a really interesting way that you can engage with your teenager or, or young person and be part of their life because as digital platforms become so prevalent and it is the way that this generation communicates, that digital divide and the gap between parents and children can really start to, you know, broaden out. So it is a very fun way and to communicate with your teenager through memes and gifs and and things like that, oh, my goodness, it can, it can be quite enriching and fun but definitely making sure that you have those really strong protective boundaries in place first. Absolutely. I think something that I advocate really, really hugely for is having those fun conversations with our children around what they're doing online and getting a real understanding and sense of what their online world looks like so that they know that we're a safe space to come to if they are having difficulties online. I think those two things kind of go hand in hand sometimes where it starting those conversations early and starting those conversations about things that aren't perhaps evoking these huge emotions for young people can be really beneficial. Another question that I get asked a lot, and I'm sure that the two of you get asked this a lot as well, is how much screen time is actually appropriate for my child? 
Oh my goodness, this is the question that we get asked so much. And um, there are some really clear boundaries and recommendations, which we'd be happy to share with you rather than go through from zero to 18 what, what's recommended. So we definitely can share those with you. But I guess as a rule of thumb, what we always say from a practical sense is look at the quality and the quantity and really try and find a balance. And the way that we suggest parents look at their child and look at their screen use and consider, is your child getting enough sleep? Are they healthy and happy? Are they engaged at school or does the teacher have any concerns about their attention and energy in class? We suggest to have a look at the quality of the content that that your child is engaging with and if they're really well connected to their family and friends. And again, in that sense of balance, are are they physically active and getting out and playing every day as well as playing online? And do they still enjoy their hobbies and sports that they always have or, or are they pushing it aside and opting to play online instead? And I think if we think about these kinds of things, it can give you some insight as to whether or not your child is having a balanced approach to their technology use. So keeping those considerations and balancing factors in mind, what might that look like for different families? We worked with another family to develop the, their digital family agreement. And one particular dad has a, a 10-year-old son who is a gamer. So he's on gaming a lot and he thought he'd use the family agreement to try and set those rules in place. And one of the options that they decided, which is something that I won't say his name, the 10-year-old had agreed on was that I'll only play this particular game, I think it was Fortnite, for two hours a day. And so they agreed on it and dad sort of forgot about it for a couple of days And then um, one particular day he was walking past and he overheard his son talking to his friend going, I'm only allowed two hours a day and, you know, I've already done one hour and this is going to take more than an hour. So I'm not going to play this game with you today. I'm going to save it and I'm going to use this hour (laughs) for something else. And, you know, and the son had actually gone off and actually written a whole like spreadsheet of all of his kept hours and things like that. And the dad was like, oh, my God, that's not what I asked of him, but, oh, my God, amazing, you know. And so just to hear of that particular story and not only has it empowered, you know, the son to really take charge of his screen time, but also time management skills, you know, and to have that opportunity to speak to his friend and go, no, 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 I've only got two hours. And, you know, we just thought that was a really cool story to share. And so that's just another thing that we find that could help um, your young child, you know, to look at time management skills and really owning and and being empowered by using screen time rules. In terms of how the app can support families who might be exposed to cyberbullying in some way, so say, for example, a young child has seen cyberbullying occurring between their peers and they're not really sure what to do or they're experiencing cyberbullying or they're commenting mean things on, on their peers' posts, how can having a family group agreement support that child and support that family in those situations? That's a really good question, Alia. I think that there's three main components there and three opportunities to really develop what we would call a positive digital citizenship and a positive digital footprint as well. So if a child was experiencing cyberbullying, the whole purpose of having the family agreement in the first instance and having it as a proactive measure is to really set those boundaries and expectations early. So rather than having a reactive approach, we know, you know, we've got some forward thinking about how we're going to handle situations in the event that it happens. For instance, if a child is experiencing cyberbullying, 
according to the family agreement and the relationship and conversations that you've had with your child, you would hope that they will come to you or to their trusted person and express what's going on. And depending on the severity, you would have agreed a range of different actions that you can take. And again, highlighting that we've consistently positively reinforced, we're not going to take away your device, we will work through this together. So we're really minimising that resistance to, to take on the conversation. So there are things that you can do within the app, within apps and what have you about, you know, blocking people and, you know, unfollowing and things like that. There's really top level things that you can do to minimise that, as well as then providing support to the child that's received the cyberbullying, talking them through the situation about what's happened and, and the circumstances in which it's happened. And that, I guess, leads into another part that you mentioned about what if they themselves have engaged in that behaviour. And I think it really lends itself to creating an opportunity, that, you know, growth opportunity for your child. If you wouldn't say that in person, you you definitely should not be doing it online. And if you would say it in person, let's talk about that for a little minute. So it really does create some, you know, really open and honest conversations and really some wonderful opportunities for parents to help guide their child to develop the behaviours in which they want to see develop. And I just want to highlight to parents that, Aside from the family agreement and setting those boundaries and things in place with all those guides to have those conversations, if you need more support or any other informations around strategies and tips for even things such as noticing signs and symptoms of cyberbullying or knowing as a parent when to intervene, we have a lot of articles and videos that we put into the Beacon Library. I did mention before, I think there was over you know 600 different um, very short snippets of articles and videos covering a whole range of information. But specifically, we knew that cyberbullying was really right up there with the help that parents needed. So you could simply just type in cyberbullying into the search, into the Beacon engine, and uh, you'll display over a dozen different articles that you can spend the time to look at. And as I mentioned, it ranges everything from how to help your child in that sort of circumstance. There's those signs and symptoms. There's communicating with your child. And we also have a a partnership with an organisation called Project Rocket. Project Rocket is amazing. They are Australia's youth-driven movement to supporting young people. And they've allowed us to actually put in a range of different videos that they've actually produced and developed by young people for young people. And there is a lot of information around there for a young person seeking help as well. So one of the things that we we, uh, often recommend to parents is just search for Project Rocket. And you can share those videos with your with your child or your, or your young teenager. It is recommended for around ages seven and eight upwards, but there is a lot of things for them to actually listen to as well. You know, how to spot those signs, how to help your friend in need and things like that. Those are some really great strategies and some really tangible ways that the app can be used and the agreement itself can be used within families to have those ongoing conversations around children's online well-being and their online safety. In terms of supporting young people who are exposed to cyberbullying in any kind of capacity, what's something that you feel is really important that parents and carers are aware of? Really great question and probably the question I'm often being asked, what is the number one tip? I'm going to give you four tips that I think will be very helpful for parents. First and foremost is to look at role modelling and really to promote that balance and limit. So have a look at how much time you are spending on your device and especially in front of your child as well. 
Uh, often parents, you know, they're struggling to get the kids offline, but, you know, they're spending so much time in front of the device. It's almost like you can't have chocolate, but I'm just going to leave this chocolate on the bench in front of you for you to keep looking at, even though you can't have it. So really just um, promoting that balance, showing your child that you aren't on your device, you know, as, as um, for long periods of time. And as a tip, if you need to use your device in front of your child, just simply say out loud what you're doing. If it's, you know, look reading the news, doing work emails, paying off the bills that's paying off their Netflix account, just say it out loud. A lot of young children think that when I ask them, what do you think parents are doing? What do you think your, your mum and dad's doing on their phone? They're like, oh, they're always on social media. They're always on Facebook and things like that. And often we know that's not the case at all. So yeah, so just number one, role modeling and just saying out loud what you're actually doing online if you if you are using your device in front of your child. The second one is about having the right conversations and starting early. There is a lot of information in the family tab of the Beacon app that can set you through different things such as planning on when to have the conversation, what to have the conversation about, and just ensuring that you feel your child knows enough about being online and and keeping themselves safe from online harms. You can search within the Beacon app conversation starters and there's a range of different articles uh, that we've written to tackle some really hard topics. So having those conversations nice and early and being ready to be open to conversations if your child comes to you. Third is setting the parental controls on devices, consoles and the specific apps. So having everything in place is great, but you know we know at the end of the day there is some parental controls and restrictions that you do need to put on apps and games just to ensure that they're not being contacted by strangers or rude words are being blocked out and things like that. So Beacon, you can search for setting these parental controls on Apple devices or on Android devices or actually on specific apps. So you can actually search, you know, Instagram parental uh, controls or TikTok parental controls or even things like Nintendo Switch or Xbox. So 30, set those parental controls. Now, lastly, I'm really just talking about, you know, the conversation that we've had today in setting those, setting the Beacon Family Agreement to set those boundaries and rules in place. So those four tips, role modelling, having the right conversations nice and early, setting the parental controls and setting up that family agreement. Karen, do you have a, do you have a tip that you want to share? From me, my, my takeaway message for parents listening is really the digital world and the online world is never, it's not going away. It's here to stay. And I think, you know, just as we teach our children how to swim, we don't just throw them in the swimming pool and hope that they can make it. We, We guide them, we teach them, we give them swimming lessons, we give them all the support they need to learn how to swim. And if I can encourage you to think about teaching your child and giving them the skills that they need to navigate this online world, that's our responsibility as parents to create an opportunity for our kids to be responsible online citizens. So in order to help you do that, I encourage you to download Beacon. I encourage you to turn the notifications on because one thing that Beacon does really well is respond to online events and situations that arise and we can respond in such a rapid way and send support to you as a parent of what to look out for and how we can help and be responsive in that moment. So download Beacon, turn on your notifications, and if nothing else, have those conversations early and often and keep that line of communication open because you want your child to feel comfortable to come to you and not be fearful that you'll remove the device. Let's find other productive ways to to help them navigate that. 
Beck and Karen, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing some information about the Beacon app and some tips and tricks that parents can use with their children to really set those healthy online boundaries and to open up these discussions about their time online. Thanks so much for having us, Alia. Really appreciate the opportunity to speak about the work that we do and Beacon. I'd just like to add that we have an aim to try and reach and support 100,000 families in Australia. So we'd really love for you to download the app if you haven't already. Uh, Tell your friends, tell your school, tell everyone. It is a free to download app. We're constantly updating this. It is our role to actually stay on top of those trending issues so we can let you guys know the important things that's happening around Australia. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for your time and opportunity to connect with your audience. And to all the parents listening, just know that you're not alone. Being a parent of an eight and I said 15 before, but he's actually just turned 16 and learning to drive, which is so scary. So um, just know that you're not alone. And if you download Beacon, you'll have an expert in your pocket at all times that you can ask a question and get support. So good luck and just know that help is always on hand. I'm now joined by Kim Harper, who is a parenting expert and the parent line manager to discuss what we've learned today and how you can use this information when parenting your children and young people. Kim, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Something that I think really underpinned my conversation with Beck and Karen from the Beacon App Project was around developing healthy online boundaries. And something that I've been thinking of a lot since we had that conversation is What should we do as parents and carers when it feels like our kids are just consistently pushing those boundaries? I think what we want to do is we want to take a second. We want to think about what being a teenager is, right? First and foremost, that's what we need to think about. A teenager, they're designed to push boundaries. They're designed to evolve. Our job as a parent is to create, is to support a the growth of an independent, kind, resilient adult, right? So boundaries are going to be broken left, right and centre in a really natural way throughout a teenager's life. Their job is to get distance from their caregivers and, and create a space for themselves. So I think we need to kind of first look at the fact that that's going to happen naturally and it's a, it's not a bad thing, right? We need to catch the fact that that it's going to make a parent feel all, so, all sorts of different ways. It's scary. There's a, gr- a sense of grief involved. It's really important to understand that these boundaries need to be movable. They need to be flexible because our young people are going to grow and they're going to require more space as well. So how do you keep boundaries in place but keep them flexible is a really important point. And I think it's also important to remember that keeping things movable and flexible is going to look different in every family. That's not going to be the same for any two parents. Absolutely. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. To find out more about anything we've discussed on today's episode, access free resources or get in touch with the show, please visit parentline.com.au and hit the cyberbullying tab. If you'd like to talk privately with a professional counsellor, please call Parentline on 1300 30 1300 or visit parentline.com.au to chat to us online.